Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. And welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly podcast which takes the iconic questions of the fictional journalist Carrie Bradshaw from the HBO series Sex and the City and asks if they're still relevant for 2019. You are joined by Dylan Jones, Toxic Bachelor, and <laughs> Juno Dawson, Singleton. Neither of which those things are true. Complete yeah, true. lies. Absolute Complete lies. Which one are we doing this week, Dylan? We're doing The Turtle and the Hair. Which is season one, episode, episode nine. Yeah. yeah, so I've, I'm late this morning, so if I sound flustered, it's because I've run in holding my chihuahua. So if you can hear a strange that's snuffling quite, noise. That's quite glam, isn't it? It is quite sex in the city, actually. So, yes, so... Um, so the <laughs> theme of this yes, one... what's what's happening, Dylan? Tell me about this episode. Marriage. There's a lot of <gasps> chat about marriage, yes. isn't there? Um, Samantha gets a project... In the form of, tur- what's his name? Tur- Bernie Turtletaub, I Bernie think. T- Bernie Turtleton or something. Which I think he's called that just because, I think this is one of those that slightly started from the title yeah. and then they based a plot around it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we start off at a sort of fancy society wedding where a flame-haired um, friend, whose name I've completely <laughs> forgotten and did not make a note of, is marrying... And she she was one of these sort of like most eligible bachelorettes in New York. Brooke. She, Brooke. Brooke. They're at a big fancy wedding and Brooke has married a man she might not have been expected to marry because yeah. she had her pick of the creme de la creme of New York. Yeah. And in the eyes of Carrie and her friends, Brooke has settled for a balding, <clears throat> short... Man. Man. Yeah. Um. Which leads us to this week's big and important question. Is it time to settle for what you can get? <laughs> Which is a bleak prospect. I also thought it was this after this whole episode was a little bit, I thought it was quite a weak episode. And I thought that mm. it was a little bit, um, the question was kind of a bit like, obs- like it doesn't really mean anything, does it? I think it's a relevant question because I think... Again, we know this week we haven't got a guest. We do not have a cisgender woman in the room. So we have no biological clocks in the room. True. And I think it has been suggested that when cisgender women reach a certain age, it does become a bit of a timing game, which is if you are single and you are 28, Mm. you've got to meet someone. 
date them for a year. So then by the time you've dated, maybe then get engaged. Okay, two year wait for a marriage, that takes you to 31. How much longer are you going to have to start waiting to have kids? Mm. And, you know, and it's very stereotypical. And obviously many, many women, cisgender and otherwise, are completely calling bullshit on that and saying, I could not give two shits about how loud my biological cock is ticking. I would never yeah. settle for an inappropriate man. But I imagine Candace, who we had last week, is very much one of those ladies. Yeah, yeah. fuck that. In fact, I know she is. Yeah, <laughs> but, and I think most of my friends would say that, especially <clears throat> if they were in their twenties, like yeah. Candace. And I think possibly as women head into their thirties, and you know, just this week, you know, I was talking with my boyfriend about, you know, I would like to be married by the time I'm forty, because I, I think, past forty you know, weddings, it takes on a different vibe. And, you know, I mean, Max was very much kind of like, you. we can have any kind of wedding you want. Yeah. But after 40, after a while, the, the idea of being a blushing bride in a big dress, I'm not sure. Oh my God, I can we briefly that? touch on your attitude cover, by the way? Ah, okay. Yes, well, we've outed Max now. Mills so now and Boone's <laughs> steamy romance realness. I like, loved it so I love much. that. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm still very in love with it because... Definitely Google it if you haven't seen it. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm so proud of it because when we got the brief, say it's going to be like 25 couples kissing, we assumed it'd be quite cutesy or campy. Mm. And we were allowed to pick what we wanted to wear. And so Max wanted to wear his suit and so I wore a ball dress to kind of match his suit and then the photographer was putting all red filters around and creating this quite boudoir environment and the kiss went from how we had visaged being in some way me being like a bit dominatrixy to actually to like the opposite being yeah very sort of sort of sweeping swooning romance I loved it so yeah I was thank you I love it too I'm gonna we've just bought a house so we're gonna put it in a oh amazing the the, the next time we look at one about buying Property. Oh my God, I am ready. My body is ready <laughs> for planning. the one where Miranda buys the flat. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, I was, so, so back to settling. I so, was yes. going to say uh, it had an impact on me when Brooke says to Carrie, I feel like a massive weight has been lifted. And part of me thought, as you've been saying, I'm sure it's the partly the biological clock thing, which I think was more of a thing back then. I think has I think our ge- like younger generations now maybe don't feel that as much. Mm-hmm. But as you say, neither of us have biological clocks so we can't say anything but maybe I thought as well like straight people straight people have a pressure to get married I think it's expected it made me wonder if that's still the case now because I don't have many straight in inverted commas straight heteronormative friends um look at looking at my straight girlfriends who get married there's definitely I think there's more strangely more conversations around babies Mm. and my friends my cisgender girlfriends refer to this as womb watch (laughs) which is you know if if you've if you're married and haven't had kids it's are you thinking of having kids do you want kids if you've had a kid it's when you're having another kid my friend Sarah Lee Donlan and you can look her up online she writes about this sort of stuff Um, we should get Sarah Lee on as a guest we should Um, Sarah Lee um talks a lot she she and her husband decided very much to just have one baby that's what they wanted they wanted one kid yeah and the kind of bullshit that people say to her about kind of oh let your child be lonely and Ugh. oh don't you want to and it's just like please get your fucking opinions out of my genital area yeah please. totally which I think is something that all women cis and trans can very much get on board with <laughs> yeah. conversations about our pelvic region um, <laughs> and so I do think 
that no one in the world is going to admit to settling. But I also think timing is really important. Yeah. And I think we are all aware of the passage of time. And I think women are more aware of the passage of time than men because we live in a culture that reveres women under 30. Yeah. And as soon as women hit 30, you know, you're playing district attorneys. <laughs> and also that is something, I am checking my privilege a bit here because that's something that did, didn't even occur to me. Like you are, women are... Under con- still under constant pressure to look young. And it's something that hasn't really changed mm. for decades and yeah. doesn't look like it's going to change anytime soon. You see every once in a while, you see a little green shoe. It's like one woman, usually Meryl Streep. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Um, and as well, you know, we see the just this end, the Madonna has just had a new album out and yeah. the endless like album reviews mentioning her age. Yeah. Like, in what way is anyone mentioning Robbie Williams' age? Or, like, Mick Jagger. Exactly. Or, like, you know, he's still cool, I think sometimes with Mick Jagger, there might be a little bit of, you know, still going at 700 or whatever it is he is. that's because he's so old. Like, he actually is so old. um, But, yeah, (laughs) now, people, you know, those sort of, like, older male artists, like... Um, I think Robbie Williams is an interesting one. No, you know, Robbie must be, what, well into his 40s by now yeah. and nobody's mentioning his age. Yeah. So, um, he's so, I think he's so sexy, Robbie Williams. Oh, no. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give him the satisfaction. Yeah. Do you know, I, I thought about this a long time ago. <laughs> if he were to ask, I would say no. Just to be like, Just to no. be, I'm the bitch that said no <laughs> to Robbie Williams. There you so, go. Other women who've said no to Robbie Williams, please do get in touch yeah. and we'll form a support group. That'd be a great dinner party, women who said no to Robbie Williams. So in, in the... In the We'll sort of we'll tackle the theme of settling first. In yeah. one of the strangest plots Sex and the City ever did, there is a brief plan for Carrie to marry Stanford oh, in yeah. order for him to inherit. That kind of like annoyed me. A subplot which arrives literally eight minutes from the end of the episode. Yeah. Kind of. I feel like it was it was just kind of like a joke, wasn't it? Like it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really hated the kind of really bleak portrayal of like the gay dating world it mm-hmm. was just portrayed as really desolate and superficial oh but which... that happened to me pre-transition oh really in a hotel in vienna <sighs> tell me about that um i <laughs> so this is in fact actually i was just pre-transition so i think i can probably tell you what might have happened my last couple of years before i transitioned you know i was looking very, very masculine and had this big beard, which is wild, and looked very, very different to how I look now. And then beginning of sort of 2014, I knew I was going to transition. And so I got rid of the beard and, you know, started to lose some weight, to lose some of the muscle mass I had built. And um, I was using a popular gay dating app <laughs> right? and was in Vienna for Eurovision. I can't imagine which one it might have been. There are many on the market. <laughs> Other options are available. And um, yeah, in fact, it probably might have been Scruff. It could uh, have been Scruff. Uh. And um, a guy came around to my hotel and got out of the lift on my floor and just went, no. Oh, God. So that does happen. I got Stamforded. I know. Yeah, I know it happened. It, it definitely does happen. Um, never to me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Has it honestly never happened to you um no For god's sake no <laughs> actually i did get knocked back once in a sauna I, I sort of like gave the eye at a guy and he just like shook his head and walked away Rude. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, but no it does happen but it just annoyed me because i thought 
a lot of straight people will have been watching this mm-hmm. back in the, and it was back in the day as well. And they will have got a really nasty, shitty snapshot of what it's like to be a gay man. Yeah, although that was that would have been a blind. Well, it was a blind date, wasn't it? So that was based on a personal ad where they didn't have pictures. Yeah. So one imagines that that horror would have been avoided with apps because the guy would have seen Stanford in it. And been like, that's not Ed Harris. That's not Ed Harris. <laughs> yeah. So poor, poor old Stanford will not inherit because his grandma does indeed know he is in Howard. I was kind a of fruit. I was kind of obsessed with the grandma. The grandma is like an early prototype for Bunny McDougal. Yes, who, very. Who we love in the Chanel suit. I yeah, I can't wait for Bunny McDougal. To I don't arrive. like those woolly Chanel. I don't like. No, them. horrible. Yeah. Um, Samantha tries to make over a man, which again doesn't feel terribly likely. Like, had he been? Had you know what? Had he been blandly handsome? Samantha might have had a motive, like yeah, but the, it was. It just feels Samantha. We know Samantha can have the pick of any man she wants. Yeah. Why? Why waste time on a fixer-upper? And this is why this episode annoyed me because it was just all a bit like it felt like a bit of a filler episode. Mm. It felt a bit like they were clutching at straws, trying to be like, all right, what can we make them do in this one? And at that time, as well, I think. The, what they weren't instinctive enough to know this character would never do that. Mm. And I think in later seasons, someone in charge would have said Sam would never like, do that. Even Kim Cattrall would have said, I don't believe this I guess is true they, to Samantha. I guess they perhaps don't quite know the characters well enough yet. No, we feel um, like we do because we've, we've been with them for 20 years. Yeah, we've watched But they all. hadn't, you yeah, know, at that true. point. And so this one feels like a misstep. Although I do think actually that Big is quite twatty this episode. I've written that Big is twatty. <laughs> I've forgotten what he Because he says he never does. wants to get married again. Oh, and right, so that's yeah. what causes Carrie's breakdown. breakdown. Because um, for, for, <laughs> oh, for whatever reason... And, and then she responds, are you in bed with someone? And he says that, like, <laughs> yeah. what? Just like, and then the voiceover's like, I felt like I couldn't breathe suddenly. But this again taps into, I think, Carrie's sense of her own age and potentially biological, although in episode 11, we really get to biological clocks. But um, Big tells her, you know, I never want to get married. So Carrie kind of has to decide, well, how much time am I going to spend? And in yeah. the end, when she pulls him up in it, he gives her the most bullshit answer in which he compares their relationship to marinara sauce. Oh, yeah, if yeah. If a man tried to compare my relationship be to like, a sauce, Fuck off. I'd be like, <laughs> well, that's zero sauce for you, kind of. But she she quite liked it, didn't she? She, 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 she like, fell for the browning of the Yeah, things. she did. Yeah. That's what I remembered as well, that line. <laughs> like, so Big, Big tries to fob her off by saying, you know, now is not the time to be having this First conversation. First you have to add the onions. You've got you to, to, yeah, you have to brown the onions. Uses it as a very kind of weak metaphor doesn't mm. it? when when he could have just said you know I shouldn't have said that because actually never say never do you think that was supposed to be men like not really being able to talk about things like that perhaps well that it's not okay for girls to mention the fact they want to get married no I mean like men just particularly of Mr Big's generation like not really being able to talk about feelings and emotions properly so he like used the source as like a Maybe I think we're overthinking if he's it. Clever, <laughs> if he's clever enough to come up with a sauce metaphor, he can he's just... eloquent enough to fucking say, <laughs> Carrie, I shouldn't have said that. Never say never. Right now we're having a blast. Yeah. Let's just enjoy it. Yeah. And I think that's valid. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. But um, my perhaps more iconic with this episode is the other part of the title, which is the hair part, the which hair. is the rampant rabbit. The rabbit. Oh my God, I and didn't realise that. This, I just realised. This episode was responsible for selling millions really? and millions of sex toys. I mean, the, that's... the rampant rabbit had somewhat been on the radar, yeah. hence it being featured in this episode. But <clears throat> I think, and it's been well documented, that after the sales went through the roof after this episode, that's when HBO truly knew they were onto a winner. Oh, wow. Because it hadn't been doing phenomenally well that's in terms of sort of cultural clout. But then when all of a sudden they saw that this show had a potential to sell millions and millions of vibrators, <laughs> they realised we're on to something. Do you know what? This is why Sex and the City has its great moments because any show or anything that encourages women to like be comfortable enough in their sexuality to go out and buy a masturbate, a sex aid. Mm-hmm. That's great. Surely. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think I, as well, I think, because it's interesting, because I think it is played for laughs, and particularly the intervention, which is great. Yeah. It's like where they burst in like Mulder and Scully. Um, and, and Charlotte, like, slight, and they all slightly, are, are slightly shaming about, like, they kind of make fun of it. Like, Charlotte says, oh, that's so sad using a vibrator. Yeah. But then, of course, she gets addicted herself, so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, I mean, we should probably say, so yeah, the, one of the subplots revolves around Charlotte buying her first ever vibrator, which, yeah. Slightly stretches, slightly stretches believability. But um, Miranda turns Charlotte on <laughs> to to the rampant rabbit, and Charlotte does very quickly fall down the rabbit hole. And she likes it because it's pink and it's for girls. <laughs> <laughs> and she she loves it. And but there there is, as with so many of the things we discuss on this podcast, there is a really important feminist subtext under it. Miranda says, "I know where my next orgasm is coming from." Can yeah. any of you say the same? And yeah. this is you know bodily autonomy was touched on a few times during Sex and the City's history. There's an abortion episode much later. Um, and I think you still very rarely hear or see women talking about masturbation on television. Never see it. Like, men are, men always chat about having a wank. Fleabag, like fleabag. Yeah, fleabag was good. Notably. Yeah. But the fact that I can remember that off the top of my head yeah. suggests we don't yeah, see totally. it nearly enough. You never see it. Um, and yeah. that's, I think it's because... 
well, still, we know most TV is made by men. Yeah. And, you know, this notion that a woman wouldn't need a man for her sexual pleasure, or that a woman is a sexual being independent of a man. It's very threatening. It's threatening to masculinity, and it's very toxic masculinity. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's baffling to me that Carrie, again, as the sex columnist, yeah, yeah. it's, you know, she she regards the rabbit with, with such sort of disdain. She would have one. Well, Surely. presumably, I know, because I'm, you know, I'm friends with people like um, Alex Fox, the writer and broadcaster. And, you know, she gets sent dozens, and Paisley Gilmore as well, gets sent dozens and dozens of samples from every sex aid manufacturer in the world. Amazing. So, you know, Carrie would have an apartment full. That yeah. walk-in wardrobe would be needed for the storage of all the shit she would get <laughs> of sent. Of dildos. <laughs> I mean, this is before social media, so perhaps it would have been a little different. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean... It's mind-blowing that Carrie doesn't much seem to care for sex. It's baffling. She's actually the most, at the moment, she's like the most prudent oh, out of all and of always, And remains so and re- throughout yeah. the series, yeah. Yeah. But then I suppose that in the beginning, in the first episode, she did allude to getting a lot of her stories from her friends. Yeah. So maybe perhaps like that's why she's friends with them because they give her these... Juicy... Yeah. Juicy tidbits. I don't know, yeah. Do you enjoy a sex toy, Dylan? I actually don't have one. <gasps> That's weird. I don't have one. I have enjoyed in the past, but mm. I don't have one, no. I was quite late to the party. Mm. While I was still living in London, I had a slightly Fifty shades um And it was kind of one of those things, one of my favourite kind of relationships, where it's a relationship, but not a traditional relationship. Yeah. He was, he's a singer, so he's away touring a lot. When he was in London, we would go around and play Fifty Shades, basically. (laughs) And he had just a house full of all kinds of devices and toys. Oh, great. And initially I was like, oh, this is such a rigmarole, kind of like, can we not just have sex? Um, But it turned out there was a reason for that. And actually, he suffered slightly with erectile dysfunction. And so I think in his world, you know, it was easier for him. And I really love that. I love that he'd got creative. So he had a problem and thought, right, well, here's some very practical solutions. So that was kind of what opened me up to to the idea of, oh, I get it now. This is why people have toys. And yeah, I mean, I have since purchased... Some sex aids to Lovely. spice up my life. Lovely. Um, but yes, not not the rampant rabbit, because actually I would say now it's almost, it's almost a bit of a cliche. I think it is just for me. It's just like I, I c- completely enjoyed them when I've used them. Mm-hmm. But it's just like going to a shop and getting it. Like it's, you know, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, send us one <laughs> if, you well, like, if anyone's listening. Well, as well, I know, I think um, my friend Fiona, who wrote for me for this book is gay, she wrote about her life as a bisexual woman. She talks a lot about you don't need a penis-shaped thing to get you off. Oh, I see. And so yeah. she she's slightly perplexed by why a lot of sex toys are mol- moulded around right, cocks, right, when right. actually there's a million different kinds of things you can do to stimulate a clit yeah. and get off a woman. And, and so that's something that she... So she was very pro toys yeah. because she's like, well, you know, if I want to see a guy, I can see a guy. But, you know, if I'm with a girl, it doesn't need to be a replacement cock. If I'm with a girl, yeah. we don't need a cock in the room. Yeah, quite right. Yeah. Mm. So coming back to the, what was the question again? <laughs> Is it time Should to settle? settle for what we can get? How do you, do you think, well, because it's difficult because you were so young when you met Chris. Yeah, settle. But I don't know, though. Like, I started early. Mm. With dating, I was dating guys when I was like three. Six, six, when I was three, 
when I was when I was three. When I was like sixteen. So I feel like I've had like a lot before Chris. I don't know, like I don't feel like do you know sometimes people meet each other really young and they love each other mm. but they'll often friends where, where this is the case have often communicate communicated to me. I w- wish that I'd met them a bit later so that I could have dated a bit more. Yeah. But that's not the case with me and Chris. I don't know. I certainly haven't settled. You see this is going to be difficult and I am going to leave this person's name out because I don't know where he is now. There was a time in my life when I did. Mm. I was about, I was 28, coming up to 30. Um, I had just been, had my heart absolutely broken by a guy. A guy had gone away and left me. Mm. And that race was on for like who could move over the fastest. Right. And I met a guy who was handsome and kind and, you know, was his cards were very much on the table. And he said, you know, yeah, let's, let's make a go of it. And I knew, do you know, I knew right from the beginning that it wasn't right. Was there just I no, did. like, no no spark? To quote Love Island, it was all good on paper. <laughs> right, right. You know, he was handsome and... <laughs> yeah. And, but it just wasn't right. We had, actually, not, we had nothing in common. We didn't vibe together. You've actually reminded me of, I've had one of those as well, mm. years ago at uni. And the guy was perfect and so gorgeous as well. Mm. And I was frustrated. I was like... Why isn't, working? isn't it working? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But that was, in fact, still is my longest ever relationship. That's interesting. Because <laughs> I was determined. I had something to prove to myself and the world that I could make a relationship last. Oh, right. Because before that, my longest had been about six months. And so I was like, you will make this work. Wow. And That's the wrong reason to be But I mean, the scariest thing is he proposed. <sighs> And I said no, because at the time I was pre-transition and marriage hadn't been legalized. It was civil partnership. And I felt civil partnership was state-sanctioned discrimination. So I said, when we can get married, we will get married. But we broke up before such a day arrived. By the sounds of it, probably a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, it was wrong. I was doing it. It was almost like I was box ticking, you know, kind of getting to six months, getting to a year, right? We moved in together because... Yeah, I, you know, I'd, fa- I'd found a man who wanted me. Yeah. And I was like, well, that must, that's enough. Yeah. You know, never mind a guy that works or a relationship that makes you happy. Yeah. It was just, you, you found one, you've caught one. It was like Pokemon. I think we're both very lucky now. Yes. Not to sound smug. <laughs> well, the strangest thing is, I think it's interesting, is that that happened when I was in my 20s. Because mm. by the time I did reach my 30s, my mindset had completely changed. I'd gone through my transition and was like, do you know what? I have never settled for anything. Yeah. You know, I didn't settle on my gender for fuck's sake. So the last thing I'm going to settle for is a relationship that's anything less than amazing. Do you think that was a turning point then when you transitioned? In, I mean, obviously, obviously, transitioning is a turning point. But yeah. um, do you think that changed the way that you? Do you think that made you more, obviously, more comfortable in yourself and more comfortable knowing better what you wanted? But just getting older as well, yeah, and realizing that really important lesson. And I think it's one of the most important lessons we can teach our young people, which is it is a far greater thing to be single than it is to be in a bad relationship. Yeah, And I think if we taught kids that in school, we'd see less coercive control and less toxic relationships. And the world would be a better place because we are still, and Sex and the City is absolutely guilty of this, of priming women to see a relationship as one of their ultimate goals. And, you know, I've always said, and, you know, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but I think the greatest failing of Sex and the City is that all four of them ended 
happily coupled yeah. in the last episode. Even fucking Samantha. Even Samantha. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point to end on. Yeah. I think oh, we answered. Have we, we, I think we've answered the question. Yeah, we did it really. You you answered it really well. Thanks, Dylan. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we've got the baby shower. Yeah, more biological shower. clocks. We've got the baby shower, yeah. episode 10. And some guests. We've got Alice Beverton Palmer coming in next week. Yep. Well, I've been Juno Dawson. And I've been Dylan Jones. Um, join us next time. Thank you very much. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Subscribe. Subscribe. Send, send <laughs> dildos. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.